Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet with me today. John chapter 3. If you're able to stand, stand with me today. Come on, let's celebrate the king today. I'm going to talk about what came over you. We're going to talk about a covenant God. This whole title for me, for me Miss Kathy, is called for the, or excuse me, Larry, it's called for the love of God. For the love of God. John chapter 3, very familiar to you. For now, for there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. For the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily. That's like, listen. <laughs> Surely I say unto thee, except a man be born again. Say born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, or Jesus answered, Here it is again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter. Now see, first you sin. Now he's saying you can't see it. Mm, Now he's saying you can't enter. So he says this. That which is born, it's the text, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it listeth, and thou hearest it, the sound thereof, but canst thou not tell where it comes from. And where it goes, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Come on, y'all pray. Heavenly Father, we adore you today, coming to you in the precious, powerful, mm, and that name that's still above every other name, and that's the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus. Lord, we ask today that these words are in red would be life under the hearer. Today, thank you, Holy God. We're believing that every distraction will be gone. We're believing today that you've already set in motion strong angels, God, mm-hmm, putting up, mm-hmm, interceding even around this place in such a way, guarding God in every pulpit throughout the county and even this country, God. We know there's warfare going on around us, and we trust you today, Lord, that you've encamped angels. We believe for that. Now, Lord, in this place, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you move in a mighty way. In a mighty way. We're going to trust you for it. and We're going to believe it. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. Now you can turn since you're done sit down. Go ahead and tell somebody. Say, what come over you? Did your children ever act out in such a way and you say, hey, What come over you? What's got into you? Why did you do that? Today, I'm going to talk about the love of God. 
I'm going to talk about the love of God. I'm going to talk about the conception, and then we'll talk about more than that. But we're going to talk about the conception. And really today, this is a question I want you to just feel within your heart as Holy Spirit. It's my prayer that he really begins to speak. I want to ask you, man, are you born again? Because I believe much of the church today, we sit in church, we sit through sermons, we even sing the songs, but I really, I'm, I'm asking, man, are we born again? I want to see some proof. Excuse me, God's going to have to see some proof. Eric, first point, put that up on the screen. This guy's name was William Booth. Some of you that you've been in my hope group, you've seen this before, that when we talk about this, William Booth was the guy that started the Salvation Army. How many of y'all ever heard of him? All right, you're going to see that he was somewhat prophetic even before his time. I'm going to be talking about the Holy Ghost of God today, by the way. And so he said this, the chief danger, this is back in the 1800s, he said the chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, and salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. I've got to ask you, have you ever heard of anything that is more clear and more indicative of the time that we're living in right now. Now here's what I'm telling you, that we've got all kinds of people that are saying, I'm born again, but their life has not changed. So when we talk about the Holy Ghost, we, we need to understand this, that, that when he said that which is born of spirit is spirit. I, I've said this countless times before, but God created you in spirit before he created you in flesh. I've got proof that when we look at the word there in Jeremiah, you've heard this a lot, but I want to release it again, that when he said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, before you were an embryo, I was already thinking about you. That before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. What does that tell me? Before I knew you in person, I knew you in purpose. Here's what you need to understand. Quit being so concerned with your person and start being concerned with the purpose that God has for your life. This comes through the power of the Holy Ghost. Is the Word of God, does the Word of God say that God is a spirit, yes or no? John chapter 4, God is a spirit. So listen, if God is going to be conceived in you, and if you and I are going to receive Christ, we need to understand that that's going to come only through one way, through the Spirit of God. Through the Spirit of God. What I'm saying is this, when we talk about being born again, born again is not deciding to go to church. Being born again is not deciding to sing the song. Being born again is not your gum chewing this and that and say, hey, I guess today I might, I might get saved. Can I tell you something? I still believe that Holy Ghost conviction brings Holy Ghost conversion. Can I get an amen? Do you understand? I still believe. That's the reason. What come over you? How many of y'all remember the day you got saved? Do you remember something come over you? You need more than that. Let me show you about the conceiving. Let me show you about the conception. You see, when Almighty God came through the power of the Holy Ghost over the Virgin Mary, that when, he ha when that happened, the Word of God said that the Holy Ghost overshadowed her and she conceived. It's the same principle and even thought that what happens to you, the Holy Ghost begins to overshadow you. The Holy Ghost now is beginning. What's coming over you? It's when... Any of y'all remember that? And so with that, listen, that's the Holy Ghost knocking on your door. Listen, how many of you know the Holy Ghost is a gentleman? 
A real gentleman will open the door. Is that correct? When the Holy Ghost was knocking on your heart's door, he's a gentleman. For what? Jesus said, I am the door. Come on, somebody. So the Holy Ghost opens Jesus to you so that you can conceive, so that you can be born again, so that you will not be led by the flesh. How many of you know that we walk by faith, not by... And as many as are led by the Spirit of God and through the Holy Ghost of God, they shall be, they will be called the sons and daughters of the Almighty God. We got a lot of people claiming to be born again. You say, Pastor, here you sound judgmental again. I'm not. The Word of God said, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Yes or no? That which is born of flesh is flesh. Yes or no? He said you must be born again. Let me tell you this. Salvation and being born again is not turning over a new leaf. It's God coming into your life and changing you not at the leaf but at the root and cutting down through the power of the Word of God. Cutting everything down that you knew at the root of who you were and new life beginning to spring up in you. He's covenant. Being in covenant with God is being one with God. Why the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost, Roger, is doing this. When he comes into our life, what he is doing, he is knocking. And why is that? Some Turn to somebody and say, God's still holy. So why is it that the Holy Spirit comes in? And how is it that he can come in? The Holy Ghost. How many of y'all, how many of y'all ever had your home inspected? A few of you. That's what the Holy Ghost is. Holy Ghost is a home inspector. Oh, Jesus, I want you. Oh, God, I want you. Holy Ghost said, hold it. Hold it. What do you mean? Our leader, God's holy. And you're wanting what is holy to come live on the inside of something. So what happens here, there's got to be something take place. So what then happens is that the Holy Spirit begins to come. And he said, uh-oh, I don't know if you know this or not, but you've got this. Mm, you've got this going on. Hold on. Yes. Listen, can I tell you something? Quit trying to help everybody off the struggle bus. That struggle may be God's design and God's order. When I see people struggling, that tells me God is working. I just want to help them out. Let them struggle. I've delivered too many people myself and God's never been in it. Let me tell you something. Jacob had to struggle. He had to come to that place in his life. But when he got done and he said, I'm not going to let go of you until you bless me. We got any Christians in the house today that will say, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. It was only after that that the identity was revealed. You don't just wake up and say, sign a card, shake a hand, hug a neck, and say that I believe that the Holy Ghost has to convict you. And I believe through the Holy Ghost overshadowing you, what does it do? The Holy Ghost reveals the sin in you. Why? Because if we're going to be one with the Holy God, Brother Dale, we're not holy. If we are saying then, is it this simple? This, this first point is the conception of love. The conception of who he is. 
So when we begin to look at that, it's the conviction. Let me give you scripture. John, guys, John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8, Jesus said this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go, and if I don't go away, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Verse 8 Listen, the Holy Ghost does not just reveal, DJ. He does not just reveal the sin. Look what happens. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. He will convict you. We don't hear this much anymore. And yet it's sliding off the tongues of so many people. We want revival. Can I tell you, if you want a holy God to show up, you need to tell your sinful... We need God. How bad? How bad? I know. Y'all are thinking, he's so archaic in his thoughts. Stay with me. What came over me? The word said that when he comes, he will reprove the world of sin. Luke, that's where conviction comes in. And he says of righteousness and of judgment that, listen, that's when we come to the place. And it's the realization that are open. And remember, the Holy Ghost is an illuminator. That what he will do is he will open your eyes to your sin. And when he reproves that, he said that he'll show you that sin. And then he said of righteousness, that's right living. Of judgment, I won't judge in my flesh. I will judge, or excuse me, the Holy Ghost. You which are spiritual, you'll judge those things which are spiritual. And if you are born again, what I'm trying to say is this. Is that you are one with Him in the Spirit. Is it that simple? Yes. In the Word of God, you, you can see this. That the Holy Ghost reveals, the Holy Ghost reproves or convicts. But it still takes the blood of Jesus to remove the sin. I remember years ago, Micah Parkson, which is, he was such a wonderful, and he still is, he's a wonderful man of God. And, and years ago, Jake, you'll remember this, one of, the, one of the messages that I heard him preach years ago was one that I'll never forget. He said, what we do in our own life, he preached this straight. He said, I remember, he was talking about having life in his apartment, and what he did is he spelt Kool-Aid on what was a light-colored carpet. How many of you know that ain't good? So you know what he did? He scrubbed and scrubbed, and he tried to get it out. I'll never forget what he said. He said, I have friends coming over, and the last thing I want them to see is that big cherry Kool-Aid stain right there on the floor. He said, oh, what that? He said, you know what I did? I got the couch and pulled it over top of it. And that's what we try to do. Jesus don't just cover it. He lifts the stain off of your life that you are free, that you are clean through the power of of who he is. And it's the blood of Jesus that removes the sin. And when that happens, please stay with me. The conception of the Holy Ghost is this, is that when that now happens and now you are one with God, you will testify of what God has done in your life. When the Comforter has come in John 15, 26 and 27, the Word of God says, I'm going to send him to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth that comes from the Father. The Word said, he shall testify of me. Turn to somebody and say, look what God has done. Look what God has done. That if, you can, if other people can look at your life and they say, man, I remember you, but you don't look like you anymore. You look like him. You look like you've been changed. You've been transformed. And the word of God says that not only will that happen, but then you shall bear witness. 
So when the Holy Ghost reveals it, and when we convict, or when the conviction hits, and we're reproved of that through the Holy Spirit, and then we see the blood of Jesus removes it, and then the Word of God says this, there's progression there. In John 14, 16, and 17, even the Spirit of truth, which the world cannot receive, because it sees him not. Right now is a good time for me to tell you that you're worried about lost people and you're worried about every wrong thing they did. Can I remind you again? Lost people will do lost things. You be encouraged, men and women of God. You do what is right before God. And though none go with you, still follow God. So the word here in the progression, he says this, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. And then verse 17 here says, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. That is oneness. But that's what the Holy Spirit does. And what I'm saying is is this, guys, is that are you born again? Are you really living a changed life? Now before, and see this is the thing, before you think that we're standing up here on any type of righteousness, this is a humble walk and it's a humble piece of ground that we stand on called grace. So before you wig out and think, oh, he's going to preach me straight into hell. No, I'm not. I want to encourage you today. And I want to stop right here and say that if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And his name is Jesus Christ. But if anybody ever tells you that you can be born again and still live for self and not the Savior, that is a direct lie straight from hell. You start living. You cannot be one with Him and be one with the world. The Word of God said, are you joined to a harlot and yet not become part of the harlot? I'll get there today in point two. So he says this, Jesus is saying that, listen, that he's here around you. He dwells with you. That's him speaking because he was full of the Spirit. But he said, I shall be in you. What is the direct evidence of God and you, or or that you and God being one? It is the Holy Ghost of God. It is you being led by the Spirit. It's not by how many clicks you are on a calendar and how many times you come to church or sing. It's not that. It is walking in the Holy Ghost of God. And not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Today, I see people wringing their hands. I see people so worried, so anxious. Can I help you something? I'm bad. i got to be careful. And, and this is the thing. Uh, I got that ooh shiny. I still don't claim it. I, I, I don't. I, I know I have some issues with that. But I'm giving those issues to God. Let me say this. Many of you are chasing rabbits right now. You keep chasing rabbits, you'll follow the rabbit into the rabbit hole. And if you're not careful, you'll get so deep into that rabbit hole, you won't be able to find your way out. You need to hear me. Listen to what the Holy Ghost of God is speaking to you. Listen. So now we are one. He said you're one and that when you and you and the Father are one, that's a covenant kind of God. With this, the very down payment of that is the Holy Ghost of God. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is the witness of the Father. It's not when you act out in the flesh. 1 John 4.13, I wanted to read all of the book of 1 John to you, but I thought you wouldn't stand or sit for it. But 1 John 4, 13, hereby we know that we dwell in Him and He in us because He has given us the Spirit. You know, the thing today that we find 
is this, Asher, is that we find that few people understand the power and understand the authority and understand the oneness that the Holy Ghost brings to us. It is through and in the Holy Ghost of God. If God is a spirit and we're going to be one with him, we have to be conceived of the Holy Ghost. Man, read Read 1 John, all five chapters. When you look at even the gospel of John, it is so rich with the love of God. Brother Wayne, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what this world needs. I'll tell you what this world needs. How many of y'all are thankful for the towels that somebody leaves up here? This will be on sale after I get done. <laughs> To be one with Him will be one in the Spirit with Him. But you can't be in the flesh and be in the Spirit. That God cannot be mocked. That which you sow, you will also reap. So in saying all of that, it's the conceiving. Now, how many of you know that you're one with God right now? If you are, give Him some praise. So you are one. You are in covenant with God. When you're in covenant with God... Point number two is that, how many of you love God? Let me ask you, how many of you love God? Let me throw something else in. How much? How much? Got your phone. Good. Got your phone. Thanks. Thanks. Anybody else got you? You had two? Huh. It's vibrating. Somebody getting a text. If I were to leave those in the basket, by the way, I had no discrimination on whose that I took there. I was not. Some of you can't. Some of you right now. I wonder when I'm going to get my phone back. I, I want. I'm, thanks. I'm, you start. Huh? I didn't bring it in. By the way, any of y'all want my phone, you can have it. <laughs> Here's what I'm telling you. When you are one with God, you cannot be one with anything else. When I ask you how much, Do you love him? Remember that great test of faith and that great test. I love this, Isabel, that what Jesus said to Peter is, Peter, listen, do you remember how to walk on water in John 21? Do you remember that? Do you remember, do you remember, Peter, how to feed 5,000? No. He said, Peter, do you love me? And do you love me more than these? I don't want anybody to have a convulsion. Take out, take out what's yours. Do you love me more than these? Make sure you get your own phone back. 
<laughs> All right. When we look at that, you you got to stay with me a minute because this is the things that are, do you love me more than these? I've got to ask you, what do you love more than him? Now turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 7. I use that as an example, of course. How much do you love him? Point number two is the capacity to love. You see, you can't love God and not love people. Now, I'm going to show you something that, that, that this is critical. Do you remember the day you got saved? And you've heard me say this a lot. Do you remember that you loved everybody? How many of y'all are like, I don't know if I'm, then maybe we need to talk about getting saved. And what happens, Holy Ghost is holy, God is holy, and we're not. So then what has to happen? There has to be that point in our life to where we empty ourselves of everything that we are. Please stay with me. And this beautiful story that they sang about, and this is coupled also with the story about Mary that anoints Jesus before his burial. The two kind of interact. Not the same situation necessarily, but we, we correlate them together. So the capacity for love, she loved much. Luke 39, now when the Pharisees which had been him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. Very familiar. The word said, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto you. And he said, Master, say on. And there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. He forgave them both. I'll move on. Tell me, therefore, which of them will, he'll, will love him the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. He turned to the woman and he said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Can I show you three points here real quick that is something about what church people are like? The first thing he said, you all know that, you've studied that. You know that it was a custom that when you come into the house that your feet would be washed and different things. And if you were a guest, usually the owner of the house would be that one or there would be a servant there that, that out of an act of gratitude, they would do that. And here's the first thing that Jesus said to her. And I want you to notice, and, and this is what I love because it's so picturesque in my mind, is that Jesus is saying this. He turned to the woman. Amy, will you stand here, please? Will you stand here? And what he does, he turns to the woman and he says to Simon, you see this woman? You see what he's doing is he's bringing you right now. And this is what the church needs to see. You see this woman? He said, when I came in, he said, you never offered, you never offered to wash my feet. What he's saying is this, is that you didn't even oblige me with the custom. You didn't even do that, but guess what she's doing? She's not stopped, Gary. She's not stopped. She's not stopped. And to the religious crowd today, this is what we must understand. Is that all of us are just like this woman. Hold on. Stay right there, Amy. You're doing great. 
And when the word says this, you didn't give me a kiss, but this woman since the time I came in has not ceased to, to kiss my feet. The other custom that was there that when you entered into the house, it was a show of a greeting. Both sides, you can see that Paul even referencing that. Greet each other with a holy kiss. He said, you didn't even do that. Stay with me, church people. When we come into God's house, when we come in here, what we will normally do is this. What can you do for me today, God? How many of us come in and we greet God with a kiss? And, and we greet God with that love. And you know what? She never stopped doing it. Now, I know what I'm thinking in my mind. That is crazy. But how many of you all want to be one of those people that never leave his feet and continually kiss the feet of the king that saved you? These were no ordinary feet. These were the feet that walked in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These were the feet that bore the cross that held him there to pay for my sins. These were the feet that walked down the road toward Golgotha. These were the feet that walked down the road to heal the next one in line. These were no ordinary feet. These were his feet. They were holy feet. And he's bringing them together the whole time. And today, many times when we come into church, not to be condemning. But we don't, we, we don't, we don't see it like that. Stay with me. The capacity to love. The capacity to love. My head, you didn't anoint with oil, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. The word says that very thing and what a symbol, what a fragrance being released and another act of gratitude and of kindness. I think that I've really been quickened lately, even in my own life. And somebody said, what releases the joy? It's got to have something to do with gratitude. And we get so caught up in self that we miss the Savior. I think what Jesus is saying, I wrote this down for me, for me to understand it. He's basically saying, you spent nothing on me. She spent it all. You didn't even give me a drop. She done drowned me with all this. I'm always amazed at those folks, man, that really just don't care. And their eyes weep almost uncontrollably when they get in the presence of God. <laughs> the capacity to love. He said, Wherefore I say unto you that her sins, which are many, are forgiven. She loved much. To whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Isn't it awesome how he released that to them before he even told her? A few things, a few things that is pretty simple here is this, and I, I wrote this down once again for me, I, because I, I don't know about you all, but I'm thinking that in all of his humility and everything that he is, how, how did he let her do that? Because every eye, I think the eye, I don't know that all the eyes are on him, maybe they're on her, and they're like, what is she doing? And such simplicity. 
Why did he let her do that? Why did he say, oh, you don't have to do that. You know he didn't do that. He let her do it. Why? Because it was more about her at that moment than it was about him. The benefit was for her and not for him. Mm. So when you see that, you can see these things coming together. And I wrote this down for me, that the oil of the love that you pour on others is not just healing them, it's healing you. So when we talk about Holy Ghost coming into us, how many of you right now are thinking, I could never wash their feet? Here's what you don't want to admit, and we don't want to admit, is that some of us still have unforgiveness in our heart. Now, if God is holy and you're one with Him, would you please help me and tell me how that could be? In order to be one with Him, that means one. Stay with me. Her expression of love to him was worth more than the fear of what it could cost her. There's several things I think that she, she absolutely, that she had to overcome. And these are the same things today that I think that we must overcome in order to have that oneness with him. Number one, she had to overcome the religion of the house. In church today, we've got to overcome the religion that is set in the house. Number two, it was clear that she was a sinner. The second thing that you'll have to overcome is your reputation. The third thing that needs to happen is this, is that many people won't come and won't express their love to God because they're afraid of the ridicule. They're afraid of what other people will think about them. So whether it's any of the three, the religion or your reputation or the ridicule today, I've got to ask you, what is it that keeps you from getting to Him? Because this will hinder your capacity to love Him. And if, you have a, if it's hindered there, then your capacity to love others will be affected also. I want to make this point today. I think there will be someone else that will come. They'll release a word soon about the very word intentional. But this word... Simply just so deep in my heart. Her expression of love to him was more than that, but her love was intentional. When you love someone, your love is intentional, not casual. Say intentional. Say casual. Now I want to ask you, what type of relationship do you have with him? You see, when you are intentional, I asked Amy. I said, baby, I said, tell me. I said, tell me, how you know? You know, I love, yeah, I know you love me. How do you know that? I said, what is an expression? I asked her. I said, what is an expression of you knowing that I love you? And tell them what you said. There was two or three things. Just tell them. When, when he asked me this question, um, I told him that it's when I know that he has taken time and thought to prepare something or to do something for me. To sacrifice his time, his expense, whatever it takes, and to intentionally make time for me. Thanks. Love 
is intentional and not casual. People today have a casual relationship with the king. When you are intentional, when I say that, I, I, by the way, she said all that, but I miss it a lot. Okay, so I don't, yeah, no. Because if she said, if you was intentional all the time, you'd pick up your socks. Hello, somebody. <laughs> if you was intentional all the time, you put your dishes. Anyway, anyway, move on. But when you are intentional, you prepare a place. So you see God's love towards you. How many of you know you got a place prepared for you? How many of you know Jesus took the time for you? You see, all of these things, when love is intentional, it begins to change. Stay with me. I'm almost done. Love has got to be intentional and not casual. That when I say that, and I know I'm going to let somebody else preach the rest of that out, but here's the part is this, is that love has to be intentional because if not, it feeds the flesh and it does not operate and cannot have that very content of the Holy Ghost in it. When I say her love is intentional, would you all... Just play along with me for just a moment. I think about situations like this, and I thought, okay, she woke up that morning. What's she thinking? It wasn't a casual relationship. Here's what. She woke up thinking this. It was not if I find him today. It was when I find him today. Okay? This is the part. It's not casual when it begins to move in that, and you become intentional, and you say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to find him today. And it becomes so pointed and so real to us. And then she was prepared that when she found him to worship him, she didn't care where it was at. The Holy Ghost gives us the capacity to love others as he has loved us, not based on their actions but on the atonement. Point three as I close. Point three. Turn to somebody and say, are you committed? Three people did it. Say, are you consistent? And this is something that's critical today for all of us. If I were to ask, how many, how many of you are committed to the Lord? I am. It's my consistency that I have the issue with. Consistency is the key. Amy, if I was a good husband one day out of the week, you could say I was committed one day out of the week, but what about the other six? Would that work for you? Okay, so if it won't work for you, then it ain't going to work for the Lord. Consistency is the key of where we've got to see every piece of this, that love is intentional. So look what Jesus did in John 8, verses 10 through 11. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? Question mark. She said, No man. He said, Lord, and he said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go. He said, go and sin no more. He said, go and just send on, just send, you can send on Tuesdays and Thursdays. He didn't say that. He said, go and sin no more. So, you know, this is the part, then how then can we lead? How, How can we live this out? When the Word of God says, I'm not making this up, the Word of God says in John 14 and 15, or 14 and verses 15 through 17, He said, if you love me, you'll go to church. No. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll do what I told you to do. Love obeys. Love is a commandment. 
We are commanded to love God and to love people. And you say, wow, man, that is not like something. Listen, guys, this is the thing. Love God. All the hatred, all the division, and everything else that is going on all around us. Can I tell you, if you focus what goes on around you, it will come in you. Focus on God. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. How do I do that? Thanks for asking. Verse 16, Stanley, I love this. If you love me, keep my commandments. 15, how am I going to do that? Jesus said, I'm going to pray the Father. He's going to give you another comforter that he will abide with you forever. How's he going to do that? We're going to do that through the Holy Ghost. How do we do that? The Holy Ghost said, don't do that. You and the Father are one now. You can't do that. You can't do that. Now, listen, the whole walk with Christ is not a bunch of do's and don'ts. It is a loving relationship. Me and Amy don't share a relationship of do's and don'ts. It's just a common bond. It's a common thing within love. And here's the thing. It's the same thing with my fa- or with the Father. He does not, Jesus does not negate that. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Now, Brother Wayne, hold on a minute. I thought that we did not live by the law, but we live by the Spirit. Absolutely. But Jesus did not come to destroy the law, but fulfill the law. The law is fulfilled in one thing or in two things. Love God and love your neighbor. And the love of Jesus Christ is the very thing through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. As elementary as it may sound, this is where much of us are missing it. Last point. John chapter 8 comes, and this is, we'll just leave this picture up for just a moment. What I'm finding in these last days is that many people want the power of the Holy Ghost, but they don't want the person or the presence of the Holy Ghost. There's people that want to perform miracles, but they forget about the marriage and the covenant that it is with God. I've seen God do some incredible things. I've seen Him heal. I've seen Him do things, and surely in spite of me and in spite of others. When this chapter starts out, it said, and you know the, the Scripture so well, probably so well. I know it by living it and just the things that we get. And this will be my last point. What are you caught up in? They come to Jesus and say, we've taken this woman. She's been taken in the very act. She's been caught in the act. My question, I think, for you today is this, is that what are you caught up in? I wanted to get to this point. More than anything else today, people around you need to know the love of God. You may have said last week, you may have said, what good is holding a sign? Some of you got a thumbs up. How many of you got a thumbs up? Yeah, you got a thumbs up. People coming around, they honking, they horn. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Some of you seen tall man. I think there wasn't but one of them. But guess what? There was a young man that gave his life to Jesus at the courthouse steps last week. Is that right, Adam? Won't you stand up for us? Can we thank God that young man gave his life to Jesus last Sunday? Last Sunday at the courthouse steps. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. So right there is the harvest. Right there is the sign. Now can you give God praise? See, you were obedient. And it's something so simple. So today, what are you caught up in? The net of self. 
is the one that I see so much today that entangles so many. Somebody said, Pastor, what about this? What about that? Is this that sign? Is that that sign? Can I tell you, love God right now like you've never loved him before. I think about my dear brother, Rick Clendon, and that's already carrying on up in glory. You know he is. He's having a time. I'll never forget what he said years ago, or one of the last things that he said when he spoke here. He said, you know what, church, y'all remember this. He said, I got so happy in the Lord. He said, I just had to pull my car over, and he said, I had me a benefit. Y'all remember that? When's the last time, Denise, that we've had a benefit? You see, Asher, that secret place is a place of intimacy. That it's just me and him yesterday morning, right? And I just, and it's from a heart of gratitude. It, boy, I sure miss him, and God forgive me for the times I do. But, Diane, I think about those times that I'm just sitting there in his presence. It's just me and him. I was sitting there yesterday morning, Amy. I started to get up two or three times. And he said, don't go. Don't go. Could you just sit here with me? I don't know how he talks to y'all. Don't go. I love you so much. See, more than I'm going to spend time, I love her so much. But boy, I tell you what, she knows when I've spent time with him. And Carrie, I just sit there, and man, when I did... It's just like I had the one at his feet. Boy, those old tears just begin to stream down. And that was the benefit of his presence. Somebody said, well, what's the benefit? Because you prosper, you can put more money in your wallet. I do, yes, he do. No, the greatest benefit, Jennifer, the greatest benefit of his love and of, 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 his whole, of, of the whole thing is just the time with him. And one day... And the glimpses of what I get here, one day, I'll kiss those feet. One day, I'll hug that nail-scarred hand. Or I'll, I'll shake that nail-scarred hand. So today, how are you going to get through all this? The love of God. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you to turn everything off. I dare you to shut everything off. I dare you. I dare you. And I'll tell you this. You'll shut it off and you will find such a time with Him like you've never known. I'm done. Lord, I love you so much. I praise you. I thank you. I'm going to ask you right now, are you one with God? What is it right now? The Holy Spirit. See, he's doing a home inspection right now. Stay with me. What is it? Is it unforgiveness? Is it depression? Is it hatred? What is it? And I know what you're thinking right now. Oh, man. But the Holy Spirit is revealing it. But how many of you want it gone? I want it gone. I want it gone. I want it gone. I want to be one with him. So right now, God, right now, precious Holy Spirit, reveal to us. Can we say that we're one with you? You know, it wasn't easy for her to, to walk up. Still, we're praying. You're interceding. You're in, you're in prayer. But here's the thought. It wasn't easy for her. 
It wasn't easy for her to do what she did. The thing I'm going to tell you right now is don't hold back. If there's something between you and the Lord right now, if you say, no, i got some stuff between me and him, I want you to bring it right now. Bring it right now. Bring it right now. And say, forgive me, Lord. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.